but it's time to talk cricket and local cricket, grassroots cricket, the basis of the game that a lot of us supposedly care about, or they some in the media self-appoint themselves to care about. We actually get down and dirty and talk to those at grassroots level. Like our first guest, um, who has been a talisman servant of the St George Club for the uh, the last few seasons, was prominent in St George's run to the semi-finals of the recent Kingsgrove Sports Centre T20 Cup and is preparing himself for a big return to Sydney Premier First Grade Cricket tomorrow when the Sydney Great Competition resumes. Peter Francis from the St George Cricket Club is on the line now. And good evening to you, Peter, and welcome your first maiden visit to the bench. Uh, yes, it is. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it. Indeed. Well, what do you make of... I mean, we'll get it out of the way now. You're a, a guy that's at the grassroots, who's playing first-grade cricket alongside the likes of Warner and Smith before they went off to Bangladesh to get the cash in the BPL. And uh, you're out there uh, playing against the very best grade cricketers that Sydney has to offer. What do you make of everyone having their tuppence worth to say about where cricket is going in 2019 into 2020? Because you're the face of it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, playing against guys like Warner and Smith, um, you can definitely see they are that extra level up that um, you're, not, you're just not used to at the first grade and um, I know Smith and Warner have been saying, you know, first grade is a very good standard. Um, but in terms of where where cricket's going, um, I think there is there is a bit of a uh, a batting problem that um, you know it's been addressed in the media a lot, especially with the way the Australian cricket team's going. But um, in terms of the level of first grade, I, I've only been I've been around for a couple of seasons now in first grade, but um, you know, it's a really high standard, um, and yeah, I think I think I think cricket's in an okay place at the moment. And uh, you know, I guess it is a little bit concerning uh, the way the Australian cricket team is at the moment. But I think great cricket's uh, it's not going too bad at the moment. What about batting at grade level? You're bowling against you know the top orders of um, all the clubs out there at the moment. I mean, take Smith and Warner away because we all know that. They won't be playing great next summer. They'll be playing for Australia again. Mm-hmm. What about the rest of, of of grade batting and the concerns of some self-appointed people out there that uh, um, that batting is not what it used to be? There aren't enough hard heads that are showing the the, the other first graders the way that because there are a lot of there's an accent there's an accent and an emphasis on youth that experience um, has been thrown by the wayside and the, the grade game has suffered. What do you make of comments like that? Um, well, I think it, it, it definitely has been, you know, the average age of um, cricketers in first grade has decreased in the last few years. And, um, but, you know, they're all still very talented cricket players. And obviously, you know, those kind of comments come from, like, the, uh, I guess, all the T20 cricket that gets played at the moment, you know, all of a sudden, you know, batting patiently and batting time kind of goes out the door apparently. But I think I still think, um, you know, especially in, in the longer form of cricket and the two-day cricket games that we play, 
you know, the, the, the teams that score the most runs and the teams that have the most success are always the teams that end up batting the 96 overs. And it's always one or two guys who are willing to, um, you know, face lots of balls and, and bat for those long times. And uh, there is, I can, I can see, um, you know, uh, there is a bit of a lack of patience and guys want to go out there and play their shots. Um, but um, I think I think uh, batting in grey cricket at the moment, um, you know, it's, it's I want to, the wickets that we play on are quite low and slow. They're, they haven't been they haven't been too good recently, but um, yeah, I think because of T Twenty cricket, there probably is a bit of a the, the patience that used to be. Uh, the batting you have probably isn't still there, but that's, yeah, that's what I would say about that. What about uh, guys like Nick Birders who are knocking on the door of of, of, of Shield level in your club at, at at the mighty Red and Whites? You know, Nick Stapleton has been around for, uh, for for quite a while. I mean, there are still enough quality out there um, if you look hard enough. As you oh. know, you you bowl to these blokes. Uh, absolutely. I mean, every weekend, pretty much. Um, you're coming up against a guy who's either, you know, trying to knock, the, like, really knocking the door down to get into those state teams, or a former first-class player. So every week you're coming up against serious batsmen, and it's absolute, absolute grind to um, take a wicket. So yeah, I mean, guys like Birders, uh, Daniel Solway, uh, Nick Stapleton, Adam Crosswaite, Adam Crosswaite, yeah, those guys, those guys are really. You know, they, they're really paving the way for uh, just batting in, in great cricket. What about on the bowling front? I mean, you ply the trade with the, the various red and white uh, cricket balls uh, during the season. Interesting that you say that some of the wickets are low and slow. Would you like a bit more bounce, considering that Hurstville Oval has been generally considered one of the, the best-grade wickets around in Sydney for the last 10 to 15 years? I think every single bowler wants a little bit more grass on the wicket, even if it's covered with grass. But Hurstville, uh, traditionally, yes, very um, one of the better wickets in Sydney. Um, recently, recently, it probably hasn't had the same kind of uh, bounce and, and kick to it that that we'd like. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit disappointing, but. You know, as a bowler, you just got to make do with what you got, and if you're good enough, you'll get the wickets anyway. Indeed. All right. Well, um, what about this break over the last three weeks? A welcome break for a lot of the grade guys. See, a lot of people forget that most guys that play grade cricket have jobs or have something during the week as well. Uh, and a throwback to the good old days of, of of grade cricket back in the you know that people like to hark back to. That's still the case now. How did you spend the? Uh, the three-week break, apart from the usual Christmas festivities of eating and drinking, etc. Yeah, that that break is very welcomed by me. Um, I actually played 20 games last season, um, up until Christmas, playing um, under-21 PGs and then playing the T20 games on Sunday, first grade. So I was uh, I was yeah, looking forward to that break. Um, but yeah, just mainly spent it relaxing. Um, Still just trying to keep up with my fitness. Josh Campbell is a is the um, strength and conditioning coach for St George, and, and he's been around for a long time. Jock, and what he doesn't know about strength and conditioning isn't worth knowing. Absolutely, he uh, he knows his stuff, 
and he's uh, he's good at keeping us in check and making sure we're not slacking off. So. He's a hard man too. A tough, <laughs> a tough SOB, if he wouldn't mind me saying so himself. All right, I will repeat it to him if, uh, if he's not listening. <laughs> Or correspondence can be sent to me at Triple HFM for that. But no, he's, but it's said um, as a mark of respect and as a term of, of uh, endearment for him because, as I mentioned, what he's, for, what he's forgotten about strength and conditioning and getting an athlete fit peaking on game day for a, not just cricket but a lot of sports basically isn't worth knowing about. And it's a credit to the club that you've got someone like Jock in the ranks. Mm, absolutely. All right. What about the... Uh, uh, the start, the resumption of play in first grade tomorrow. I mean, we'll come to PGs a little bit in a moment because that's been going on, as has AW Green Shield. We'll discuss that a little bit more with Clayton Waters in the uh, second half of this first hour. But um, a massive start to uh, the season, to, uh, the resumption after Christmas tomorrow. Uh, a one-day round in all grades, white ball cricket in first grade. It doubles up as the third round at the Sydney first grade limited overs competition and for the red and whites you're teetering on the edge of the eight in both competitions so even though on paper uh, you'll start favourites to beat Western Suburbs on Hurstville Oval tomorrow and even though you will have Trent Copeland and Curtis Patterson coming back into the side Trent uh, Copeland may come in with his uh, television screen and maybe his iPad to do some uh, further analysis. Good evening to you, Trent. And uh, Curtis Patterson will be itching for a go because he hasn't had any cricket uh, in the last three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, having Trent and and Curtis play and Moses when he plays as well, having those guys around is a a huge, uh, you know, boost to everyone in the team because not only... Not only are they, you know, elite performers, um, they're just really good guys and always, you know, always very friendly and very, um, you know, get really get around the players that are that are there the other weeks when they're not there. And, um, yeah, it is a big, big game for us. I'm, I think we're, um, we're listed last in the table, but um, I think we're only a, a win or two away from the eight. So... It's, That's um, in the first grade, yeah. In, in, in the in the one day competition, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. In the, in the two day cup because this round tomorrow doubles up in both competitions and uh, mm. points are awarded in both competitions tomorrow. Um, mm. Yes, you're not far away uh, in the one day stuff, um, and you're teetering on the edge of the eight in the two day stuff. So six points will come in very handy in both competitions tomorrow. Mm. We 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 play some really good white ball cricket. Um, Making the semi-final in the T uh, Twenty Cup is um, one where we, you know, we showed how good we can be in, in limited overs cricket, um, and so I think that's a really big um, focus for us going forward the the one day comp. So you know, fingers crossed for a good result tomorrow. Indeed. Uh, what about your partnership with Tom Ortiz? And uh, you know, he's certainly taken up um, the slack as the spearhead. Uh, of the St George attack, uh, hasn't he? And he's uh, uh, a godsend to have at the other end, sharing the new ball with. Absolutely. Um, Tom came over from Sydney this season, and he just straight away just you know set a really high standard for um, for, the, for the quick bowlers, and especially me. Um, just trying to find my feet in first grade to have him at the other end. Um, you know, setting a really good platform and just being around to to talk tactics and different things like that. Um, yeah, he's been great this season. All right. Uh, what about Western Suburbs? They don't have John O'Cook tomorrow. Uh, 
um, and they have a relatively inexperienced side. James Sarakis uh, is the captain in John O'Cook's absence, um, but they are unpredictable and they are not to be treated lightly. Absolutely not. Um, we uh, I think we got the wood on them last year in the last game in a one-day game. Um, thanks for magnificent Nick Stapleton 100. If you're listening to Stapleton, you're welcome. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I think they've got, you know, James Rock has proven he's a, he's a really good player. And um, I think uh, I saw Harris Ralph on the team sheet from uh, Lahore Quayland, I believe. Correct. Um, so, yeah, absolutely won't be taken lightly like any other team in first grade. I'm sure, you know, first grade is a very unpredictable competition. So, yeah. Um, luckily, we have you know we got Trent and Curtis to hopefully um they'll you know help us along tomorrow and but yeah should be a good game. Well, how important would then it be for someone like Nick Stapleton to have the experience of and the class of of Patterson and and Copeland who does bat up the order in first grade he bats at five and six um, to help uh, Nick Stapleton carry um, the load because. He does get, I think, bogged down uh, in having to carry the load in their absence. Yeah, that's probably a probably a fair statement. Um, yeah, Stapo has been, you know, he's done a great job as a uh, skipper when um, Trent and Curtis aren't there, and and obviously with the bat, he's taken on you know quite a heavy load and uh, a lot of responsibility this season. Um, white ball cricket, Stapo, um, you know, self-proclaimed white ball bully. So, um, good evening, Stapo. Again, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, but with um, with Curtis and Trent, uh, usually Trent, um, you know, he's he's really been on giving like the young guys a go. Um, so, I think Trent will probably slide down the order, and, and Stapo will probably he'll um, I'd, I'd say he'll, uh, open the batting tomorrow. So, hopefully, another big score for Stapo. And. Uh, f- couple of things before you go. Luke Bartier, I'm very impressed with him when he gets going. Um, he's played some sparkling short innings so far this season. Um, I know he's regarded very highly in the club, uh, but you'd like him to convert a couple of those short sparkling innings into a long sparkling innings at some point. Definitely. He's, he's probably um, the most talented player in the club at the moment. Uh, with the bat um, in the field, absolutely magnificent Bowled some really good overs in, in uh, with the ball as well. Um, he scored a uh, great hundred against Eastern Suburbs early in the season, uh, an attack that had Harry Conway. And um, yeah, I think I think Luke would like to do that as well, especially in the two day stuff. Um, and that's that's the thing where the batting group is just working on as a whole, just converting those starts because we're making a few of them and just unfortunately just not going on with them. All right, then. And you mentioned Harris Rowe, finally, uh, from the Lahore Calanders. Um, he's here to play uh, some grade cricket to uh, get his overall cricket knowledge uh, up to speed. Very much an unknown quantity uh, heading into this match tomorrow, but uh, Western Suburbs have uh, pumped him up a little bit and you're, they're expecting big things from him. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of him bowling in the nets and um looks like he... Um Followed at a decent clip, so we'll just have to see how he goes and, you know, just sort of play the ball. As you see it, indeed. A- oh. Absolutely. All right, then, Peter, we'll leave it at that because uh, you've got to get yourself prepared. It's an early start, 10 a.m. start tomorrow. 
um, which means you've got to be at Hurstville at uh, some ungodly hour to get prepared. And uh, the weather forecast is favourable, although... Uh, uh, and there's no rain in the forecast. That's the other thing, too. Um, the last few weeks before Christmas were dogged by Duckworth Lewis and showers and thunderstorms and, and uh, early finishes. You'd be hoping for a full 100 overs tomorrow, no doubt. Uh, absolutely. You know, it's been a bit of a wet cricket season, so it be nice to get a nice sunny day in tomorrow. Indeed. That's the forecast anyway. Pete, thanks for your time. We hope to speak to you again later in the season. Good luck with the, uh, the mighty red and whites at... Uh, uh, Hurstville Oval tomorrow, one of the great homes of great cricket in Sydney, um, and we hope that uh, you can get the Red and Whites back on the winning uh, on the winning trail into the finals. Uh, good luck tomorrow, and thanks for your time on the bench tonight. No worries, cheers. Thanks for having me. Indeed, Peter Francis, uh, one of the good young guns in the St George Dragons uh, outfit, who'll be uh, leading the way against Western Suburbs at Hurstville Oval tomorrow. It's now twenty-eight minutes to seven. We're going to take a quick break. On Triple H 100.1 FM, during this uh, first hour, the cricket hour of the bench, after this, we talk with Clayton Waters from the Northern District Rangers. You're listening to The Bench on Triple H. Get ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show, your new fix of Friday Night Sport. Welcome to The Bench. 24, make it 23 and a half minutes to 7 right now, and uh, we continue our first hour of... Sydney grade cricket with a little bit of other cricket thrown in for good measure. Time to bring things back uh, to the home base of our Northern District Rangers. Our good friend Clayton Waters, who also enjoyed his Christmas New Year break, is on the line right now. Good evening to you, Clayton, and a Happy New Year to you. G'day, Tony, uh, to you and the fellas, and Happy New Year to you guys as well. Indeed. Now, I mean, I'll ask you a couple of the same things. You know, the general gnashing of teeth that's gone on since the... Uh, series lost to India, and every Tom, Dick, and Harry has had his or her tuppence worth about the ills or so-called ills of Australian cricket. The self-appointed spokespeople have again come out and had their bit to say. You're at the front line. You're playing first grade. You're at the forefront of grade cricket right now. What do you make of all of this? Yeah, I think pretty similar to what um, Pete was saying before. You know, there is a tough time in cricket at the moment, and. You know, that's expected, and I think we've been so blessed over the, the history of, in a sense, particularly, and I've been on this earth, that Australian cricket has been a bit of a dominant force, and I don't think we're used to uh, losing at the moment. I think that's sort of uh, filtering through the media, and I think that's just a bit of Australian attitude, and that you know, we don't like losing, and, and we're not used to losing. So uh, it's going to be interesting, I think. At the, and we're not the uh, best losers either, just quietly. No, no, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of showing a bit of character in, in some people as well. So I think at our level... Um, I think if we flip it on its head, it just shows some opportunities from guys to have you know one or two seasons back to back. All of a sudden, they might have their name up in lights in in the New South Wales squads and the like. And you know, it, it is fantastic that um, you know, despite the circumstances, that we've had the ability for players such as Smith and Warner and the like to come back and play. Um, unfortunately, they're not playing uh, tomorrow against Sutherland, which would have been really, really good. But you know, that that that's a part of it. And you know, I think they're only going to strengthen it and. Uh, bring a bit more professionalism, particularly to their home club. So, you know, I, I think we just have to keep working and and, uh, and figuring out what it looks like. And it's only going to take a couple of blokes to, to really step up. And, you know, if they want that opportunity and if that's what they want to do, oh, I think it's a pretty good time to do it. Now, you mentioned cricket. We must be very specific here in talking men's cricket here because women's cricket seems to be absolutely flying. Um, and that, I can tell you now, that leads us to our... 
special announcement, which we've got you on for as well, Clayton, because it does involve, hopefully, uh, the Northern District uh, Rangers women's team. Um, such was the response to our segment with the Gordon Women's Cricket Club last week um, that we put that interview up on our uh, Facebook page, the Bench page, and our Splinters podcast absolutely went through the roof. I mean, yeah. un- unbelievable. The number of uh, people that tuned in and that have downloaded that uh, episode and that interview with uh, the ladies of the Big Reds from over the other side of Boundary Road. And we've reacted to that. We've seen the uh, the appetite for the women's game. Next Sunday, January 20, is the Sydney Women's T20 Grand Final. We understand it will probably be at Blacktown. The venue is yet to be determined. Northern District are in the top four at the moment. If they win their match against Parramatta at Asquith on Sunday, they'll qualify for the semi-finals. We will be calling that Sydney Women's T20 Grand Final from 2 o'clock next Sunday, January 20, for Magpies Waitara. We are damn proud to do so. We're going to be the only people there doing it. It's going to be a relatively quiet Sunday. I think there's only one big bash match on. The WBBL semi-finals will be run and won by that stage and there'll be no one-day international. So um, it should be a, a tremendous Sunday next Sunday. We're glad uh, to be a part of it. So in contrast, Clayton, the women's game at the moment, absolutely flying at the moment. Oh, yeah, and, and absolutely no doubt. And, and congratulations to you know, Triple HFM and you guys for, for taking that opportunity. And it is something as, as NDs in particular, I can only speak for my team, but we are so ridiculously proud of our women's cricket. Um, you know, just recently we've got the under-18s national championships coming up and we've got 11 uh, representatives at our club who will be um, playing for New South Wales Metro ACT um, and also the Cricket Australia 11. So that is something that we are incredibly proud of and uh, I think overall there was around 20 um, of our women players who are playing in high or representative cricket. So it is only going from strength to strength. There is uh, just watching it on TV, um, we've got you know up to four or five players from NDs playing at the Big Bash at the moment. It, it's incredible to watch, and I, I'm super excited by it. And I know we, when we sit there and yourself sitting there at our presentation night, you just see the performances, you see the outcomes that we're getting um, in women's cricket, and it, it makes sense. You know, they're, they're fantastic players. The skill set's unbelievable. Um, and to be honest, it's putting a bit of a shining light in the uh, in the in cricket at the moment when the men's game is uh, probably not going to plan. So. Uh, it's really exciting. Indeed. And uh, the prospect of a possible grand final with the uh, good folk from the other side of Boundary Road, who, to be fair, have set the standard on and off the field for women's cricket in this city uh, over the last uh, 20 years in Gordon. Um, the rivalry between Northern District and Gordon is there for all to see. If it does eventuate that they play each other in the big one next Sunday or Sunday week at uh, at Blacktown or wherever they decide to hold the final, I'm hearing also Dremoyne is also as a possibility. Uh, that would be something else. Let me tell you, uh, it'd be unreal. And you know, we we love our rivalry with Gordon, and the Battle of the Pacific Highway is, is one of the favourite rounds of the year that we all look up first and circle it in the calendar. And, and any game we can play, whether it's men's or women's, against um, those rivals. But with that being said, obviously a big job um, ahead for the ladies this weekend um, on Sunday up at Asquith. So uh, I know they're really keen to focus on that as well. You know, in fact, they're going to have a couple of players out with the big bash um, and the like. But I think we've got enough depth and, and talent to, to back that up. And you know, I'm hoping to see um, some good results come in on Sunday. And then 
um, a good crowd to, to follow them either after Blacktown or Moyne. So it's going to be really exciting and um, a really big step in, in women's cricket at NDs and, and something that's really going to continue to grow. What about uh, back to more uh, pertinent matters? Um, uh, how did you uh, take the time off during the, the, the Christmas New Year break? Because it was a big first half of the season for you personally, stepping up to first grade and the results have been mixed for the Rangers and uh, a time to refocus heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, as Peter sort of referred, it's been a bit of a funny season um, with the weather around. And, you know, for example, the last game, we, we had two weekends uh, washed out and a lot of sitting and standing around um, up at Waitara, which was... Five overs over the two days uh, in total. Incredibly frustrating. Um, and, you know, the weather that we know up at Waitara can, can turn quickly and it was extremely frustrating. So it was kind of in the position, like, we feel like we're involved with cricket. We haven't played heaps at the moment. So... You know, there's no doubt that we'll be looking to play a lot better. Um, you know, we've addressed that in our in the in the time off. But I think it was really good for for a lot of the blokes who have been playing a lot of cricket and, like Pete said, playing 20 odd games. If you played PTs as well, so it was good to to get away. But you know, I think we've got some you know some really good energy and, and the likes of Ross Porson returning this weekend into first grade, a massive boost and and really exciting. And, and he's absolutely chomping at the bit. So they want to use a lot of his energy and. Um, yeah, you're going to see him have a big back end of the season and I think first grade are going to really turn around and, and do the same. Well, it all starts tomorrow. You mentioned it's Sutherland. Um, it's a 50-over-a-side game with the white ball at uh, Glen McGrath Oval, so you're going to have to get to sleep nice and early tonight and up at Sparrows, you know what, tomorrow morning you get down there in time for the 10 o'clock start. Um, but uh, you mentioned Ross Pawson, first game back from his... Uh, long injury drought. I'm sure Nathan Smith will appreciate having Ross Pawson to help him out with the new ball at the other end. No, it's going to be awesome having Porso back. He's, um, he is one of the hardest working guys I know. Um, and, you know, his injury was only off the back of him trying to get better in England in the off-season. So he's chomping at the bit to come back. Um, I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if he absolutely takes a bag full. So, you know, Smithers has just been unbelievable for us. And, and with the addition of Chris Wright from the UK as well, um, there's three serious bowlers who, um, on their day, can tear any attack apart, and we don't say that lightly. So we're really looking forward to them, and then with Chelsea and um, Benny Davis and Larry to bowl from spin. So it's going to be a really good game, and you know, Sutherland are not to be taken lightly. And you know, They've had Steve Smith and, and Watson and everybody in their corner for the whole season, so I don't expect that standard to drop at all, if not um, be higher. So it's going to be a really tough game back after Christmas, but something we're looking forward to to improve our uh, ranking, particularly in the one-day game, but then overall as well. Well, there being the uh, the double uh, uh, sword round where points count for both the one-day cup and the overall two-day competition, very important. Looking at this Sutherland side, yes, no Steve Smith, no Shane Watson, no Ben Dwarshus, um, but they're still riding high on the T20 Cup victory, something that you know, you've experienced at the Rangers yourself, does give you uh, a, a, a bit of a boost and Having a look at the side, though, that Sutherland are going to put out, it's still very strong with Aidan Barry. Old Chris Williams is very experienced. Jared Biviano's explosiveness at the top. Austin War, uh, his untapped potential. And then the leading wicket-taker in Sydney first grade this season in Daniel Fallon's. The battle between Fallon's and your top order, the likes of Ben Davis and Daniel Anderson, uh, uh, John, and John Anderson and Tom Felton, could be a key to this match tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be huge, and there's no doubt. You know, his spin is, you know, it's, it's proven. He's one of the best in the comp, and, you know, that's been, um, you know, he's played some shield games and the like. So it's going to be a really big challenge, and particularly, um, you know, with the white ball, with the fields in and out. So 
um, when he bowls is something we're just going to have to uh, watch. And um, you know, if and when he bowls that loose ball, we're really going to dominate. So you know, they're, they're a strong side. You know, with or without you know, Watson, Smith, and and Dawson, they're always going to be a strong side anyway. So. Um, I don't think, you know, as I said, there's no such thing as an easy game in first grade anymore, uh, no matter where you are on the ladder. So it's going to be a, um, a big, tough game, but obviously a massive win for us to really set us off. And, you know, we're, we're aware, you know, the last game that Sutherland played, they won a comp. So, you know, they're going to come out pretty keen and, and pretty buzzed, but it's up to us now to do the basics right and make sure that um, we're ready to go for tomorrow. Not trying to second-guess Ben Davis going into this match. Uh, it is predicted to be a hot day again tomorrow. Uh, hot and mostly sunny with uh, perhaps uh, a change in the wind later in the day, but more than likely a full 100 overs in. What does Ben Davis do or do you wait until you look at the wicket and see if it's uh, prepared to turn square for Fallon's or whether it's got a bit of grass on it before you decide whether you bat or, or, or bowl if you win the toss? Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I think a lot will come with the pitch and um, you know, I, I think some, some captains prefer to have which have runs on the board and then bowl to that and some captains prefer to have a score and, and know what they want to get so um, knowing our team I think we, we benefit from both and, uh, and we're not really fussed in, in what we do our main aim is just you know whatever happens we just play the ball that's in front of us um, you know I think if we won the toss it would really just depend on what the pitch is you know if it's a good batting deck um, let's bat while it's nice and cool in the morning and, and then be able to set some plans to defend them so and if it's on the other foot that's fine. We'll just um, make a strategy and go about chasing them down. So uh, either way, both teams have got a bat out there. So I think it's going to be a relatively fair. And um, for 100 overs, I think um, it should be a really good game. You mentioned uh, the pitch. What did you make of, um, um, you know, Peter Francis's comment about uh, the wicket's been lower and slower this year and not suiting the bowlers? Is that, is that a, a bowler's lament? Or uh, how have you found the deck so far this season? <laughs> Uh, from from not I've never bowled a ball in grey cricket, so I don't know. And some people would say that's not a bad thing. Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly. It's probably been none for six off one ball. But anyway, uh, look, I think it's been um, a little bit up and down. I don't think with the weather it's helped um, with the rain about and how much preparation they've done. Look, we've played on some really good decks, uh, and then we've played on some decks that probably fit that calibre um, of being that low and slow. So with the weather around it, it's pretty hard. Um, with the groundos, they've got to get on and off and on and off, but I think with some good weather coming into this back end of the season and, and probably some good recovery time on, on the wickets, so not, not had rugby or not had anything on them, um, hopefully we'll do them a bit of well and, and we'll see some, you know, some nice um, bouncy decks coming through. And you know, me particularly playing at Hurstville in you know, a couple of weeks, I'm really looking forward to going back and playing there. It's one of my favourite grounds to play at, to keep at actually, knowing that there's good bounce and the like. So I'm hoping that they can get that sorted and we can um, have a really good deck there. Not to mention uh, the opportunity to uh, plonk a few on the bike track at uh, Hurstville Oval as well. But that's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't hit them that big, so I'll have to leave that to the other boys. I, I, I just push them around the ground. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the other grades, of course, um, second grade and fourth grade are playing at Mark Taylor and Asquith uh, tomorrow. Big weekend at Asquith, of course. Also a big weekend at uh, Mark Taylor, considering that uh, uh, there's going to be a, a, a big Point of and Grey match on Sunday uh, at Mark Taylor, but for all the lower grades, they've all got uh, opportunities against a strong Sutherland outfit across the board uh, to start their year well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, it, it'd be no secret that we probably weren't um, happy with the where we ended um, pre-Christmas with a, with a few of the teams and uh, not to our plans or expectations. Um, so 
I think we've addressed that, um, and it's going to be a really interesting um, post-Christmas push. You know, we have had history um, of going and playing worse post-Christmas in some of the grades, um, but I think that's going to be really turned around this year, and, and that's a mantra that we're going to break, and I think we're going to kick that off with this weekend, um, particularly against Sutherland. And, you know, what better what better team or club to take it on against? Uh, they're a very, very tough side, no matter who's in their squad. Um, you yeah, add the travel in there, but then you add just the ability that they have as a club uh, and their coaching and the like that they have. Um, they're a fantastic club. So it's going to be a really good yardstick for us, but something um, that we definitely need to pick. And obviously with the PDs on Sunday um, out at North Sydney and the Greenshield on, on Sunday uh, at Mark Taylor, yeah, they're very important games for PDs, obviously, to qualify um, and for Greenshield to try and go um, four from five um, with a washout. So uh, with the washout, that's cooled them a little bit, um, but they're still undefeated at the moment and, and we're looking for big things from those young fellas to, to keep going. Because uh, if they can win on Sunday, they'd get a home quarterfinal or a home match at least in week one of the, of, of the finals and that is so critically important for those youngsters at that AW Greenshield level. Oh, it's huge um, and, and there's no doubt that playing at your home ground, um, you've already got the advantage and that's why they call it the home advantage. We know the conditions, we know how to play um, and just simple things like travel and the like and you know, it'll be really... Um, good and we're, we're hoping that they have a good win and secure that and so we can get a good fan base down there and, uh, and support them the, the junior ranks coming through and you know, a lot of those guys are already playing straight fourth grade even up to third grade so um, you know we're going to get some good support and um, I'm hoping to uh, see some good victories for them over Sunday and they've, the following games They've got uh, a good net run rate quotient in that pack behind uh, the runaway leaders Manly and Penrith. They sit in third place at the moment but they've got uh, the second best net run rate quotient of any of the sides in the uh, AW Green Shield. Let's have a look at the rest of the first grade round because a lot of big names coming back tomorrow to, pl- to ply their trade across Sydney, starting off with uh, Bankstown versus the competition leaders, Sydney University at Bankstown Oval. No love lost there. And with Ed Cowan uh, returning from the ABC commentary box and uh, turning down a cosy spot at the SCG to... Uh, put the pads on for the students tomorrow at Bankstown. That will make it a very interesting contest. Massive game. Um, you know, Sydney Uni has just been dominant. Um, you know, losing only one game um, pre-Christmas and, and winning the other five and having the two draws or, or washouts. So, um, and they made the final of the T20 as well? Absolutely. You know, they're, they're, they've got their tails up as well. They'll obviously be disappointed with, uh, with those losses, but in saying that, their form is strong. Um, they're looking good and and Bankstown are another club that, you know, once they start to get a bit of a roll on and they know how to play at their home well. Um, so, uh, yeah, strong And they have Nathan McAndrew back from uh, the Thunder squad. Uh, he's been released for them tomorrow to, to add something to their uh, bowling attack. And, of course, they've got Dan Solway with the bat. Yeah, McAndrew with the bat, you know, in the T20 up at, you know, the game that you called, uh, he just absolutely smashed us to all parts and, and, and not off many, very many balls. So he'll be a massive in for them and, and not only with balls. So... It's going to be a good game. I'm probably going to put uh, Sydney Uni. will just be too good for them. Now, Raby Oval sees, I think, the moment of truth for the Randy Peets, Randwick Petersham, without David Warner. Uh, yes, Daniel Bell Drummond, the Englishman, is an outstanding youngster and will probably play, and as and a bolter for mine, for this year's Ashes series, if not the Ashes Tour of England in a couple of years' time. But they're going to have to do it without uh, uh, Daniel Sams and without uh, David Warner. And to go to Raby Oval and try and get a result against the Foreign Legion led by Jared Burke and Philip Wells is no easy task. No, not at all. And even if you add those two legs into the side, it's not an easy task. You know, they're a tough team, Campbelltown. I was playing them 
um, this year. They, they play strong and they know how to play at their games as well. So, yeah, it will be a tough game for, for Randy Pete missing those two guys because there's probably three or four wickets and at least you know an absolute minimum 100 runs um, in, in those um, in those two guys. So, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, Campbelltown, again, uh, it really just depends on how Wells and Burke go. Uh, it'll be a super game and yeah, it'll be really interesting. I, I probably can't split them there. It'll be really interesting. I reckon it'll be a close one. At Waverley, uh, uh, we see Eastern Suburbs boosted by the return of Harry Conway and Peter Neville when they take on uh, a Gordon side that uh, uh, are slightly depleted. Yeah, another another interesting game. Again, you know, guys, it's like they're, they're thereabouts, you know, 14 points and 20 points. They're not far away from each other. Uh, I think at home, East will probably be too good, um, especially with Nev and, and, and Conway coming back into that side. Not to mention uh, Henry Hunt and a couple of others. Sam Robson, on paper, it's probably the strongest top order uh, in the competition. They just haven't fired as much as they as well as they would have liked this year. Manly Oval sees Hawkesbury take the long trip uh, under Peter Forrest down to the seaside to take on a Manly team that will be led by Cameron Merchant for the first time this season tomorrow. Yeah, well, we went to play them last game, but um, unfortunately the, the rain uh, affected that game. Uh, and we only got the, the five overs in. Manly are a good, strong side, young side. Um, you know, they might be missing a couple of the younger fellas too because they're over in Sri Lanka at the moment, and also the Big Bash. So uh, they'll look, they'll be a little bit depleted uh, on the Manly side. And Hawkesbury, you know, they're having a, a loss and a win in their last uh, two games, and plus a few younger fellas over there as well who seem to be playing well. So again, it will be a tough game, but I'm probably going to put Manly uh, just to win at home. Now, at Allen Border Oval, Mossman play Fairfield Liverpool, and uh, um, this will be another very even contest with uh, uh, Fairfield working w- welcoming back Liam Hatcher, who hasn't played for the Thunder so far this season. He's been in their squad. Yeah, massive in. Uh, you know, he, he's a serious player, and you now we got to face him in, in the first round this year, uh, and, and he bowled well. Um, but in saying that, I think... Mossman know how to play at home. You know they'd be extremely disappointed that they've only had the the two wins um, to start the season. It's very unlike them. Uh, so I reckon I'd put the money on a, a bit of an upset based on the table, and Mossman will, will probably win at home. There. Scott Rogie is well and truly due. Speaking of being due, um, there'll be fireworks due at North Sydney Oval when North Sydney take on Parramatta. You've got uh, two of the leading run scorers going head-to-head in Sydney great this season. Nick Burtis, who has been scoring centuries for fun, and Adam Crosswaite, who's got 775 runs at 75, going head-to-head on what is uh, what would you'd expect to be a typically flat North Sydney deck and the small outfield. I can see a lot of white balls heading in all directions here. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be driving into the East Coast, I think, because there could be balls flying everywhere. But again... Massive game um, for those two guys. Had Burtis, um, he seems to be scoring runs everybody against us at the moment. So uh, we were lucky to get him out relatively early, which was helpful. But you know, North Sydney, um, you know, with the crossweight boys, and even if Avendano um, potentially gets a game if they release him, so you know they they push all those guys uh, into their side, and they, particularly in the one day white ball format, they're quite strong. Um, you know, Parramatta are going to be missing Abbott. Uh, Sean Abbott, but, but they've, you know, got, they've ben. got likes of Copeland, and they've mm. got Ben, and they've got all those other guys who uh, will fill in relatively quickly. So, 
Um, another really tough game. Um, I'm probably going to take North Sydney high, uh, that game at home. In a high-scoring match, particularly if they can get Burtis out early. Uh, I think you mentioned Scott Copperfield. Speaking of Copeland, Trent Copeland, I wonder whether he'll bring that iPad and that big uh, screen that he's been using so well on the Seven Network coverage when he turns up to Hurstville Oval to lead St George tomorrow against Western Suburbs. Curtis Patterson has been released back for the Red and Whites as well. And Harris Rawolf is the mystery man for a Western Suburbs side without Captain Cook. Yeah, that will be an interesting game. I think St George with those two guys in are going to be far too strong. Um, you know, we faced Ralph in, in second grade last year up at White Tower and yeah, he bowls very well. Uh, he keeps going and going and going. He bowled around 28 overs and, and nearly cooked himself. But, you know, he's going to bowl well, particularly with a white ball and only in short, sharp stints. But um, I think Cook's a massive loss for them in, in the short ball uh, form and with the big ends of um, the St George guys, I think they're going to be too good. And I don't think their position on the ladder reflects uh, their team at all. Uh, now, at Tremoyne Oval, the Sydney Tigers, who still are uh, licking their wounds over that uh, shock loss in the, in the run chase to Sutherland in the T20 semi-finals, they take on uh, Penrith, who made finals day and um, dipped out there. A lot of uh, points to be proven uh, between Sydney and Penrith at Tremoyne tomorrow. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if obviously Bermanenti plays um, as well. Their captain, he could be in or could be out. So Apparently he hasn't been named. Nick Bills, Money Bills, will be skippering the Sydney Tigers tomorrow in Menenti's absence. There you go. And that name itself, you know, there's 10 solid overs um, of bowling, you know, of, of good class bowling. So, you know, at home, Sydney, you know, probably the favourite there. Penrith always plays the white ball game very strong, um, particularly in the last few years winning the competition and also the T20 as well. So, uh, you know, Sydney and Penrith, that'll be a really, really good game. I'm um, probably going to take Sydney at home. Indeed. Ryan Gibson, um, time for him to step up for Penrith of mine. And lastly, the Village Green sees Uni of New South Wales take on Blacktown. A lot of people have been waiting for the Uni of New South Wales bubble to burst. Um, it may have done so slightly to lose the competition lead in the last round uh, before Christmas, but they do welcome back Matthew Gilks, even though he is battling the flu. Um, he's been a massive uh, run scorer this season alongside the experience of David Dawson. Whereas for Blacktown, Jordan Gauchy, in his two one-day games in first grade this season, has scored two centuries. Yeah, and we played Blacktown now our second last game, and they they beat us convincingly. Um, you know they've got some some solid players, um, particularly with the ball, and then Gautier leads them with the bat, and you know, they go hard, um, especially up the top. They go hard at the ball, um, so it'll be really interesting to see what they can bring. And Union New South Wales, have, you know, they're, they're in fairness, they've probably shocked us um, a lot, and I think a lot of teams have underestimated them, and uh, and they've paid for that that underestimation. They look at their second um, just behind Sydney Uni, so. You know, they're, they're a tough side and they've won five. They've only lost one game. So, you know, underestimate them at your peril. I think Uni New South will probably be uh, too good for Blackdown. And just a reminder again, of course, big games in Point of and Grey and AW Greenshield for the Rangers this Sunday uh, against North Sydney in Point of and Grey. They must win to make sure of their place in the finals. And uh, the match against North Sydney at Mark Taylor Oval and AW Greenshield, a win there will secure home ground advantage for at least the first week of the playoffs. It's been a pleasure again to talk all things uh, uh, cricket and it'll be great to get back on the park and play grassroots grade cricket tomorrow. Weather permitting, I'm looking outside now. It's Thunderstorms are passing over 
Our studios at Waitara again as we speak. There is rain coming down, but it is forecast to clear overnight. Let's hope that is the case and we can get on at 10am across all grades tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Clayton Waters, for your time. We look forward to speaking soon. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, gentlemen. Go Rangers. Indeed. Clayton Waters from Northern District.